You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Yes, here she is. It's me. Happy Sunday, everyone. And, um, you know, this is the last program broadcast we will do in 2020. Yippee. 2020 is coming to a close. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? But interestingly, we have been with you for a little over a year. So it's the anniversary of our program as well. I want to start out, first of all, by thanking everyone. Since this is our anniversary, I first of all want to thank Doug and Don, the entrepreneurs that started WBBS. They have been so wonderful to give people like myself a platform to talk about topics that we feel are important for your growth and potential. And that's why when I put this broadcast together initially, I decided on the name Discover Your Potential. So... Thank you, Doug and Don. They're the ones working the boards, taking your calls, keeping me on track. Um, it's just, it's, and I want to thank all of the wonderful, wonderful guests that gave us their time, their story, their journey, so that you can learn something from them. I want to thank you, the listeners. Yes, you are the important part of this broadcast. This is for you. Now, I know that people have been saying the three W's, wear the mask, wash your hands, watch social distancing, well, we've got three W's, too. So if you miss part of this program a few days from now, you can go to www.wdyp, which stands for Discover Your Potential, dyptalkradio.com. And uh, I'm, I'm just so appreciative that we have this availability to share information 
so that you can discover your potential. So, I want to also say happy birthday to my dear brother Ken, my cousin Stephen in California, and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yes, it's Dr. Fauci's birthday this past week. And I don't know if you've heard, they're calling it the Fauci effect. More and more young people are trying to get into medical school because of Dr. Anthony Fauci. More young people are applying to medical school because of Dr. Fauci. Doug, what do you think about that? Uh, I'm amazed. I didn't hear that fact before. You just brought it to my attention. It's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. There's some teachers we all like and we felt uh, something towards, and uh, maybe he's one of them. Yes, he certainly, he's put in so much time. I saw him on a program the other night. He looked so exhausted, and I can't, uh, I can understand that. He's, he's just been everywhere trying to, you know, allow his knowledge and understanding uh, to what's going on. Uh, this program is not about facts and figures that you may hear on other programs. Today, we are actually blessed to have two guests. Um, The second guest is my gift to Doug. Um, I also want to remind you, if you'd like to call in, the number is 888-627-6008. Yes. I also want you to ask yourselves, since this is the end of a year and a new year coming up, and what a year it's been, What did you learn about yourself during this most unusual year? What did you learn about yourself during this most unusual year? And I want to nominate, you know how they have the word of the year, the word of the day? Well, I think this year, the word or the, the the word of the day should be Zoom. Zoom. That's all you hear. Well, we're on a Zoom call. I have a Zoom meeting. We're teaching kids by Zoom. So this year, the word of the year is Zoom. And for those of you who are a bit technologically um, 
uh, how should I say it, challenged as I am. Uh, Zoom is a video conference service. Also, a very special thanks to all the first responders. And that's not just the medical people, but people who do things sometimes just out of the kindness of their heart. People that work in the stores, people that drive the trucks, people people that just constantly are working to help others to doing things. So many people are first responders that aren't really getting the credit. I also want to express my sincere condolences to those of you who might have lost a loved one or maybe more than one during this time. This has been a very difficult time, especially for those of you who have loved ones in nursing homes, which you have not been allowed to go into. So for those of you who have gone through a loss, my deepest and sincerest condolences. And for those of you who are dealing with this virus, I've been sending out loads of healing, healing, healing all over the world, healing here, healing in this country, healing overseas. And I think all of you, whether you're aware of it or not, because we're all connected by one string, all of you have the capacity to reach inside your souls and send out a message of healing. Yes. Yes, I'm doing it right now. So, once again, this is Discover Your Potential. I'm Cindy Gilman. If you'd like to contact me personally, you can go to cindy at cindygilman.com. If you have a suggestion for a program or if you'd like a personal appointment, which is private and confidential, cindy at cindygilman.com. And who else did I want to mention? I know I'll probably forget someone. But all of you who listen, all of you who help, who helped all year, I personally am very grateful. Now, as I said, I want you to ask yourselves, what did you learn about yourself during this most unusual year? Now, for months, for months, I have given you homework. 
And now everybody's thinking, oh, she's going to give us homework again. Actually, the homework I gave you was to search inside yourselves if you have extra money or if you want to make a donation, go to your nearest food bank, food pantry, and bring a donation. Yes, I did. But today, our first guest is the CEO of the Rhode Island Community Food Bank. Andrew Schiff, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for giving up. I know you have been swamped. We have been. It's been the busiest time for us uh, in the history of the food bank, and we've been around for nearly 40 years. I think I think I told you the story. Uh, I think it was about 20 years ago uh, when you were located at a different address, and I was working at a different um, when internet radio first started. It was called Real Audio. And so when I heard from someone who said that the the Rhode Island Food Bank, the shelves are getting empty, we I quickly put together a program with Chuck Smith, Alan John Feinstein, Bernie Boudreaux, who at the time was the director, and we got together we did a two or three day. First, we did a broadcast. Then we did an event that I planned, and people were filling up barrels with food and donations. So you've been. This has really been a tough time for you. It has because we've seen the number of people needing food assistance uh, increase dramatically ever since March. And then, is this when the pandemic started or e- even before that? Well, back in February, before the outbreak of the coronavirus, we were serving about 50,000 people each month. And we thought that was way too many. As you right. know, Rhode Island just has a population of 1 million. So 50,000 is an awful lot of people. By April, we were serving 68,000 people. Wow. And to have an increase like that in such a short period of time uh, really tested the capacity of the food bank and all of the organizations that we work with. Now, uh, you had mentioned to me that you do work with other organizations. The, The thing that is so hurtful when I hear about one out of four children go hungry in this country, it just, I can't even tell you what it does to my soul. And it's because their, their parents just don't have enough money for food. 
Um, parents will do everything they possibly can to protect their kids from hunger. So you know things are bad when children are going hungry. Yes, and especially a country like this, which has so much. Yeah, we have abundant food. That's not the issue. The issue is that uh, people are out of work. Uh, they've lost income, and they run out of money for the basic necessities, including food. Right. Now, did did they ever come to you and ask for other things other than food, like diapers or socks or things like that? Yes, absolutely. And what we say is no one is ever just hungry. If people can't afford food, it means that they're having trouble being able to afford to pay for heat, to pay the utility bill, to pay for rent. And so many of the families that we're providing food assistance to need that other help, too. I know. So now do you... Do you have that, or do you have access to other people that can help them? Yeah, a lot of the help that people can get, particularly folks who were unemployed because of the coronavirus, is through the government. And so we're always referring people to state agencies. And back in the spring, uh, it was good that Congress was able to pass some important COVID relief bills that provided enhanced unemployment benefits, enhanced food assistance. The worry now is that a lot of the important help is running out and it's about to end. And, you know, as you're saying, here we are right about to begin the new year. Um, It's also winter. And what are people going to do without that help? I know. Well, let's hope. Let's hope that bill is signed. Yes. It's uh, ah. I don't even know. It's you know. It just baffles my mind to. So. What about people who can't get to the food bank? Yeah, it's a really good question. We've had, uh, you know, particularly back uh, in March, April, and May, when senior adults were really being discouraged from leaving their homes, leaving their apartments, uh, and folks were so worried about uh, going anywhere, uh, they couldn't risk even going to a food pantry, even even if they were running out of food. We were getting a lot of those calls. And okay. thanks to, you know, thousands of volunteers, uh, we were able to get food delivered to people, delivered to their homes, oh, particularly senior great. adults who couldn't leave home. Uh, but that, you know, that was something that we didn't ever expect was going to happen. I mean, to have... Uh, an emergency like this right. where people were literally locked in their homes and unable to leave. And we didn't want them to leave because we didn't want them to risk getting the coronavirus. We had right. to figure out a way to get them help. 
I mean, you see pictures on TV with lines of cars waiting yeah. for several hours just to get a box of food. Yeah, that will only last two or three days. That's right. Right. And then they're back again. And, and I mean, it's just, it's just a sign of, you know, how desperate people are and how dire the need is. It is. It, it, so let's do this. Um, you do have a website. It's rifoodbank.org. Okay. Now, um, if people want to make a donation, would you rather have a food donation or a financial donation? Well, everything helps. You know, okay. every can of food, every dollar helps. But it, it is true that right now, uh, funds are more important for us because uh, we can immediately go out and get the food that people need at very, very low cost because we're we're bringing in food to the food bank at such large volume. So you can get it, you can get larger amounts at a lower price. Right. Excellent. So it doesn't okay. make sense for someone to go to the store and buy a can of food and bring right. it to the food bank. It right. makes more sense to send us that dollar. Okay, so where shall they send the donations? RIFoodbank.org um, has a, a place to donate, and also our address is 200 Niantic Avenue in Providence, Rhode Island. And, and the zip code? Oh, you would ask that. I'm sorry. I said you would ask that. I don't know. Okay, it's 200 Niantic Avenue in Providence, Rhode Island. You got it. And that's to the Rhode Island Community Food Bank. Right. And if people do that, it's a blessing. Take some time, make a donation, and if you call, if you call their number during the week, Someone can give you their zip code, but I, <laughs> I, I think you know even if they just write Rhode Island Community Food Bank, Niantic Ave, Providence, I think the post office will know where it has to go. That's right. Although they've been inundated too. Well. How many people do you have working there? We have 60 employees. Now, are a lot of these employees uh, volunteers? No, normally we have an additional 100 volunteers helping us almost every single day. Wow. But since March, we haven't been able to have volunteers in our building because of social distancing. Oh, right. And also because a lot of our volunteers were over 65, for people who were retired, helping us, uh, and they couldn't risk being in a situation with lots they of could other catch people. the virus. Right. But at the food bank, you know, we wear masks, we maintain social distance, wash our hands all day long, 
And uh, we've been able to keep open uh, throughout this whole crisis. Right, and I'm sure that people are washing down everything that comes in there. Everything. So, for those of you... For those of you who are listening, please don't be embarrassed. If you need food, go to a community food bank. Go to the Island Community Food Bank or call and and get the name of the closest food pantry because you work with other food pantries. We have 159 partner agencies all across the state that we work with, and these are the folks who run the food pantries and the meal sites that we're distributing food to. And on our website, we have a list of all of our partner agencies, their hours, when they're open, phone number, zip code, whatever you need. Uh, And we encourage everybody who needs food assistance to not hesitate but go and get the help you need. Thank you. Thank you for being here today, Andrew. Thank you. For thanks the, for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, and thanks for your years of support for our work. And I believe in it. I believe in what you do. You know, <laughs> when I was a kid, we didn't have much. And I, I remember sitting at the table kind of, pushing my food around the plate if I didn't like what my mom made. And uh, she'd see me and she'd say, you know, children are starving in Europe. (laughs) Which I think a lot of parents have said. And I thought every bite that I took was helping some child in Europe. (laughs) But... Thank you for today. Thank you for all the work you do. And um, we'll stay in touch, and I'll keep pushing people to uh, make their donations. Have a great day, Andrew. Thanks. Bye-bye. So that was my first guest, Andrew Schiff. I want to read something very briefly before I bring on my next guest. We need to feel more to understand others. We need to love more to be loved back. We need to cry more to cleanse ourselves. We need to laugh more to enjoy ourselves. We need to establish the values of honesty and fairness. We need to establish a strong ethical basis as a way of life. We need to see more than our own little fantasies. We need to hear more and listen to the needs of others. We need to give more and take less. We need to share more and own less. Most of all, we need to have a world 
where we can all peacefully live together. We need to create a world where we can trust each other. Yes, we do. So, let me ask you something. Have you ever met a person for the first time and when you saw them or met them, said to yourself, this is a very special person that I know has something very valuable to share with the world. A very spiritual person that has something to share with the world. My guest today is one of those people. When I met her, she was teaching classes in a place upstairs from my former office. And I immediately thought, this is a person that can help people change their lives. And as we got to know each other, at one point, we did a workshop together where I did the first part. First of all, no one in the class knew each other, and it was a difficult, stressful time. I did the first part of the class, taught meditation, or led a meditation, Sharon came in and did the second part of the class, which was a very relaxing form of yoga. And by the end of the class, not only were people giggling and laughing, they had established a bond with each other. Now, I consider her a spiritual sister. She is a holistic, spiritual consultant. She is certified in yoga and to teach other people to be certified in yoga. And my Christmas gift to Doug is she teaches and does kundalini yoga. Doug, this is for you. Thank you. Sharon Marie Segatore, are you there? I'm here, Cindy. That oh, was I'm so happy. Intro. What? I'm so happy, too. I'm so happy you could join me today. Well, thanks for having me on your show. I'm honored. Well, no, it's my pleasure. My, I'm, you're, you're doing so much to help people. And I know each of us has had to change the way we work with others. But tell me, tell me what you are doing. Sure. 
Well, yeah, the the pandemic definitely um, threw me and everyone else for a loop. So um, when it hit back in February, the first uh, person diagnosed with COVID happened. It It was a lawyer in Manhattan. And a friend of mine and I were taking kundalini yoga training in New York City right in the center of Manhattan, and that was back in February, and it dawned on me that we probably weren't going to be able to travel back. We were traveling back and forth every month. It was a 10-month program, and, um, you know, I just knew that it was going to change everything. I just knew it was going to change everything, and so... We had to shift. Um, Hadi Carr was our teacher. Hadi Carr Kulsa is a master Kundalini teacher. What's and, her name um, again? Her name is Hadi Carr Kulsa, H A R I. Um, and it's Hadi Carr New York City Studio. And mm-hmm. that's where we were, that's where we were training. And, um, so the next month we were hopeful, you know, that it, we would be able to take the train back in uh, for our weekend training. And um, we left it, she left it very much to, you know, the week of, of determining if it was safe or not. And it wasn't. So that was the beginning of everything transforming and, and shifting onto Zoom. And we have been on zoom ever since um and we graduated in june on zoom i was actually the last student in her class back in february uh to teach a live class i was that was the last time i taught live in a in a classroom wow and i had, I had been teaching yoga since 2000 right it's just in hindsight you just never know you know um you know, one day at a time. So my friend Leslie and I um, were co-teaching for Newport Kundalini Yoga here on Aquidneck Island, uh, and we had to pivot as well. So there were no more live classes, and we immediately went to Zoom and learned how to, she learned how to pipe the music through Zoom uh, more effectively. And so we were really... Uh, pivoted well. We all pivoted well, I think, between uh, our, our training and, and our local community. And I think it was around um, maybe the eight months in, um, I think we were all experiencing Zoom battle fatigue. Right. <laughs> it was just, I was, uh. it, you know, I was working from home and, right. you, you know, living cohabitating, living at home and working for home actually became, I started noticing this shift. And, you know, Kundalini Yoga is about all about, ironically, the yoga of awareness. And, and I was going to out. ask you, because a, a lot of our listeners might not even know what Kundalini is. Could you define it for us? Well, sure. There, there's no... Kundalini is an energy and you'll hear people talk about chi and life force and prana and kundalini is is that um 
and it was taught and is taught that this kundalini energy is dormant at the base of our spine. So that's the energy. And then there's kundalini yoga. And that's the yoga of awareness. But to drill it down even farther, I would say it's a yoga and a technology and a science that helps you become more sensitive to your own energy, your own personhood, your own energy, like how you show up and getting to know you and be you, you know. And so kundalini is an energy and the kundalini yoga is the technology and the practice of it. It's like a self-initiation of discipline and practice to will and to will your energy to go in a certain direction and kundalini wants to go up. So the kundalini yoga... Um, our producer, Doug, had a very powerful kundalini experience, which he talked about during our last broadcast. So can anybody open up that kundalini energy? That That's in the root chakra right at the base of the spine. Yeah, it coils. It, it's, it is said to be coiled and laying dormant at the base of the spine. So with so certain types if somebody has has a and how can I say it uh, a spontaneous Kundalini experience without trying to yeah how does that happen well um there's actually four possible ways a Kundalini awakening can occur and accidental is very rare. It could happen through um, being um, under the influence of LSD or mushrooms or some kind of psychotrope that's going to affect the blood-brain barrier. Mm-hmm. But it's more it, that's rare. It's rare that, that that's like the fourth way that could possibly happen. The right. other three ways are being in the presence of a guru, uh-huh. being in the presence of a guru who... Um, has that knowledge and that transmission of energy and knows how to will and project their energy. Um, and you can be just in a room with someone with that kind of um, high-charged kundalini presence that can help awaken your own. Mm-hmm. Um, through the asana, through the physical kriya, kriya is action of the kundalini yoga practice. It can awaken by moving your body certain ways, and it's very, very methodical and specific and thousands of different action kriyas that you can do specific to um, mental, emotional, and spiritual experience. And the third way is meditation. And the beauty about kundalini yoga, it combines all of those. You have a teacher teaching on a podium where their heart line is in line with the student's. Mm-hmm. Uh, guiding you through the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's the physical kriyas, there's mantra chanting um, to move the energy through sound. Um, and then there's deep rest and, and meditation at the end of the uh, practice. And by then, all the physical activity that happened in that class is to prepare your mind for the actual meditation. So those are the four ways it could be experienced. But the most important thing really 
is that, you know, it's the student's experience. It's the practitioner's personal experience, like Doug, that is the most important. So when was the first time you experienced that kundalini effect? Well, I would be hesitant to say I actually had a Kundalini awakening. I don't, I don't say that I, I did or I didn't. Um, it is a discipline and it is a practice. I mean, if we get science, get down to the science of it, it's a chemical thing that happens um, in at the base of your spine that if you're doing things a certain way and breathing a certain way, you are willing that chemistry to ride up the spine, right up to the uh, pituitary gland. Could I? And that's at the crown and that's at the top. So if you get that nectar, if you manage to get quote-unquote high during meditation, um, Mm -hmm. it can happen. Doug, did you Um, want to say something? Yes, you know, I've, the actually, actually, when it occurred to me, I read a lot of what uh, Kundalini is and how people say it's uh, you know you have to have a master, and if you don't, you're probably not prepared for it. Other things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I meditated for two years. I did it differently than most people. I did it with my eyes open, imagining energy moving into me and participating with me, and then breathing it out in gratitude. I don't know why I did it. I just did it in years, hours a day. When I was stepping out of my shower, the energy didn't come. I was actually bending over, just slightly bent, with a towel going from my left shoulder to my right shoulder, out of the shower, back to the mirror. And it hit me, but it didn't hit me from my base coming up. It hit me from the back of my head, like right in my neck, immediately shot through my butt, down the floor, expanded into a circle, and all I could see was filament. And then things started to occur, right? I mean, it's it was it's an unbelievable thing that occurs. Uh, and I won't go into all that, but it didn't really come from that. And I, you know, when I read books later, they say, well, they take that energy from that lower uh, uh, structure. You call it, you know, your sperm or your eggs, and you move it up to the brain. If you don't do that correctly, it can create some sort of insanity, or there's energy, okay. you know, problems where if you don't move it up in the right way, it can create problems. But interestingly enough, I never experienced any of that. But the after effects were quite unique. You know, um, the knowledge, the, the ecstasy, the oneness, the, you know, not being in a, a period of time, being able to see infinitely, be able to experience, you know, a life fold in a second, um, and on and on and on. Sharon, and then, of course, what do you think it, of that? it was so powerful. In fact, my energy couldn't I, come down below my I'm head for sorry, three months. I him i don't know if it's my phone or um i could hear you claire but i couldn't hear Doug oh, too much. i'm for, sorry i'm sorry uh, that's all right my 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 volume to you was down very very low forgive me i can hear you now well i appreciate you i just wanted to say my kundalini was a little different it started from you know after a couple of years of deep meditation with my eyes open and it moved through the top of my head after i was stepping out of the shower I was towel drying. The towel was going left to right. I was slightly bent over. And after years of meditating hours a day, differently than most people meditate, by the way, I was using energy, focusing my eyes open and moving it into my head and imagining Mm. that 
uh, through my forehead, imagining that radiate, and sooner or later, after months, you know, you can the light becomes stronger, it becomes bolts of light, and and then you it really starts to ring you emotionally, and all these, uh, you know, chemicals are being released. Um, and then I figured out I had to, you know, I wanted to share it with the world and that built another layer onto it. I don't, you know, I hadn't read any books. I just felt like as I was taking it in, I could breathe it out. And that was a dual thing. And I did this for a couple of years and then, you know, I wasn't expecting anything except getting rid of my past. I really wanted to understand Mm. my, where, who I was, the people in my life, forgive them. Right. And become the peace with that. It's just that I started focusing more on the energy and mm-hmm. the release of that energy and emoting to it and experiencing it in ever higher waves. Like if you hug a person, you can hug them mm-hmm. so hard, but hug them the next time a little bit more. And then the next time a bit more. Well, so when I was doing my meditation, I would take each breath and it would fulfill me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, you, people couldn't imagine doing that 10 times. Do that for two hours, three hours every day and try to yeah. get there. And then things break in your head. You, you get to other places in your mind it's hard to explain i can remember <laughs> I, I remember trying to roll back on myself into infinity and become nothing and wondering if i was going to fractalize i was wow. there were times where i'd meditate and i couldn't my breath was so still that i was wondering if i literally wasn't breathing at all um you know and those are elements that that happen but the the kundalini started when i was coming out of my shower it hit me from the back of my head my neck down mm-hmm. And then went out into a ball of energy, gold, just everywhere. And then white, silver. Everything was in silver. And I got to experience a lot during that time period. I came out of it with my fingers screaming uh, to the... I mean, literally, I was screaming, screaming. I couldn't believe this. How could this happen? Screaming. Mm -hmm. And then my energy stayed with me for about three months. I was doing the impossible. Things that, Mm -hmm. you know, people just can't do. I can't do. I can't repeat any of the things I was literally almost every day or every other day. Something I was experiencing was just impossible. Mm -hmm. Sharon, have you ever heard of that, something like that before? Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing story. I mean, in textbook, Kundalini Chi, Prana Life Force, it's, you're you're using your will exactly what he's saying your consciousness to move energy and that's exactly what he did and it's not just transmission um from one consciousness to another because he was it was him with him you know it's beyond skill it's transmission of energy and so you know that experience that very personal experience is profound and there's this book, um, there's so many books on Kundalini, but Doug, you might enjoy, or you might already have the stories of spiritual transformation. Spiritual um, transformation. It's the fulfillment of Kundalini process, modern seekers and ancient teachings. And let's it's say that, let's by, say that uh, title again. Sure. It's stories of spiritual transformation. Stories of Spiritual Transformation. Yep. The Fulfillment of Kundalini Process. The Fulfillment of Kundalini Process. Now, yep. I, I got a question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, everybody, I, I hear about the, you know, I'm, now I'm in the spiritual world. A lot of my life is metaphysical, as you can appreciate. Um, but 
people tell me, oh, well, you can have two of them. And, I'm th- and always in the back of my head, I always thought, had they even experienced one of them to say that there's two possible? And the reason why I say that is I don't know if a person would ever, is there any human being that would have two such events like that occur? Cause it almost feels like it's not necessary on one end because it, you know the information is there, it resides with you, and like, I can't escape the knowledge that we're all connected at some point. It's impossible. It's like a two heads on me. It's you know, that sort of real understanding. Um, but why would I get it again, or could I get it again, or should I want to get it again? You see my Can point? Can you answer that, Sharon? I'll try. And um, what comes to mind is your speaking dog is, I think it's called Guru's Grace. Guru's Grace is when you're touched, I would say, by divinity, your own divinity, for lack of a better explanation, right? And then when that happens, it's so profound that if that's true, it's be grateful. Like the highest form a human being can be is in grace and being grateful. And if it never happened, practice gratitude. And if it did happen, practice that it happened. <laughs> right. Right? Uh, right? At all. <laughs> the, at all. And, um, but, you know, Guru's grace is, I would say, an event that you experience and it will never leave you. It's, it's always with us and it will never leave you. And it, 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 it it's always there, so you become the blessing. But how? Let me give you an example of blessings that were endowed for about a period mm-hmm. of three months. Mm-hmm. S- music, symphonies, mm-hmm. dozen parts on top of a dozen other parts. And I can't write music, but I could hear it all in my head. Another instance where I could see pictures 360 degrees around me, and, and let's say a thousand pictures, but each of them at the same time with the same intensity. I can't even do that with two pictures. Um, other things that occurred roots and suffix sounds the sound uh, made an impact on the emotion which led to the uh, word that and I could see the roots and suffixes of prefixes of all words and understand them in that moment of time like and it dawned on me the whole history of it all made sense and every and words seemed to be even more perfect than what I could have ever understood it's hard to imagine um Stuff like that occurred. I also saw energy. Energy actually takes shape. Like it looks like tiny dots, atomic dots that are translucent but give off a slight glow and they make up like a fog but they form a translucent being. Like Mm. I don't know how to describe that. It's like dots. Well, it's like the energy around our auras. They're all little, little dots with many, many colors. But I actually had one take the shape of a squid, come down out of the roof and play with my dog. Um, mm. I, I know that seems crazy. I still can't. Every, every time since, I, they showed up a lot. They never talked to me. Nobody said in my ear, oh, Doug, you're seeing things. Or, Doug, we mm-hmm. want to tell you the secrets of the universe. They never talked to me. What, whenever mm-hmm. I saw this energy take shape and a form and a face, it's just translucent. Mm-hmm. It's like beaming up to Star Trek, you know, when they're phasing in and phasing out. But just mm-hmm. a really light version of that. Um, I, think that I think what you're describing, it sounds like, in my mind, time's not linear. And you could be seeing different timelines through 
a vibrational frequency. You know how like dogs can hear certain sounds that humans can't? So your brain is seeing things that others can't see because we're operating maybe at a different frequency that, you know, after a Kundalini awakening, maybe you're at a higher frequency and you're seeing things that are always there and always have been there, but now you can physically see them because you're running at a higher frequency since since your Kundalini awakening. Right. It might even be uh, just a res... Uh, energy from the past even just remaining I mean, in the room it, yeah it could be could a be past lives right. could be spirit guys right I, I i that i didn't understand i just knew it was there and it felt very mm-hmm. kind always kind never right you know, as long as they're there for the highest good right they just yeah. didn't do anything with me but those the other treats were like blowing on the inside of my head i mean you know, i can remember feeling like they were moving from one quadrant to my other in in my head and once it went to the fourth right last quadrant everything snapped and it just became aware again it was like every day getting a lot of aha moments and then sometimes getting extraordinary experiences and that lasted about three months and then uh i haven't meditated since to be honest with you and that was back in august of 2004 have you, been wow. Have you been hesitant to meditate because of that? I got uh, ill afterwards. I won't kind of go into that, but it didn't okay. allow me to do meditation without a lot of pain. Okay. Which was mm. really strange. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, and it was, mm. I didn't, couldn't really sit upright or feel that sort of, and I, and I just stopped. Wow. Um, but I could go back to it. You mean you never forget how to do those sorts of things? Of but I just remember it took a couple of years for that to occur, even though I wasn't wow. expecting anything. I didn't know anything about what could occur. I'm wow. just wondering: would it take me two more years, or how did you <laughs> should I? Out, how did you figure out it was Kundalini? You know, isn't that interesting? I had a book, um, some book with this long-haired guy that I just picked up in a bookstore and I started reading it um, and it explained it very well and I guess one of the things that occurred to him was he could write poetry really well and um, you know he saw the same white energy the filament I did and you know but he he talked a lot about it moving from the base of the spine up which didn't occur to me right and he talked a lot about how it how you had to be around a master you would be driven insane more more likely right so that's kind of the only books out there in reference to Kundalini, really. Sharon, well, who's the author of the book you just mentioned? Um, the author is Joan Harrigan. Jones Harrigan. Joan? J-O-A- yeah, first name is J-O-A-N. Okay. The middle name is Shiva Sita. I'll spell it S-H-I-V-A. S H I V A Shiva. Yeah, Shiva Pita. So it's R R T I T A. R T I T A. P is in Paul. I T is in Tom. A. Shiva Pita. Oh, and Pita. Then, I'm sorry. Yeah, like Pita bread, and then uh, her last name is Harrigan. H-A-R-R-I-G-A-N. Mm, thank you for that. I'm actually going to pick up that book and see what it teaches me. Okay, so it's the title... It's a beautiful book. The title, the title again of the is, book. 
the title of the book is Stories of Spiritual Transformation, The Fulfillment of Kundalini Process. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for sharing that beautiful story. Thank you for being one of the few people on the earth that I've really, you know, all of this time, I don't, you say speak to everybody talks, in, you know, spiritual, metaphysically, but not about this particular subject in a way that I can actually go, wow, I can relate, or they can relate to me. Mm-hmm. How, can, I, I, how can people reach you, Sharon? Let's say Doug gets the book and he wants to. Um, we only got about. One minute or less. Okay. Okay. So you're on <laughs> thank Instagram. you. Thank you. You're on. Thank, thank you. you. You're on Instagram. Yeah, I'm uh, Sharon Marie Segatori on Instagram, and uh, that's the best way. D- direct messaging me there or email. It's Sharon Marie Segatori at gmail dot com. All right, spell segatory, because we only have a few seconds left. Yeah, it's S as in Sam, E-G-A-T as in Tom, O-R as in Ralph, E, segatory. Excellent. Well, this has been a very interesting process, because I, I think it was interesting to hear Doug's experience, but how you relate it, and... I mean, because you teach with that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can reach you through Instagram. And yeah. you're doing Zoom classes or individual? Not, a, not at the moment. We're talking about some classes and packages for 2021 um, online. And then we're uh, hopeful to has outdoor classes by the spring. Right. But you also, and we only have a few seconds left, you're doing spiritual consults through, if people want to reach you through Instagram, and Um, then you'll do it through Zoom. Yeah, I teach privately one-on-one in Zoom for people who are dealing with anxiety and depression right now uh, i help them through kundalini uh practices and breath work and meditation to help ease up on uh, the pandemic stress that we're all feeling right thank you so much sharon for sharing the wealth of knowledge you have have to have you back we didn't have enough time we need more time so thank you for today Have a blessed New Year. And for all of you out there, may you have a better year coming up. Let's all hope 2021 is a better time. And uh, I want you to ask yourself, what did you learn about yourself during this most unusual year? Thank you, Doug, for contributing contributing your experience today. Thank you, Sharon. I love you. You know that. And uh, we'll talk again. And uh, we'll be back next year, everybody.